Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shoot This Now podcast. My name is Tim Malloy. My name is Matt Donnelly. And we would like to introduce Matt's new character. Yes. Bane Yonce. Bane Yonce. It's a, it's a mix of Tom Hardy's legendary um, Barbadian or, or sort of vaguely island-sounding supervillain from The Dark Knight Rises. Sure, sure. We all know that Sing- character. At, Sort of a told wrapped in a Beyonce lens, so it's no. kind of like Bane is Beyonce, and who's who's Beyonce? Ba- Beyonce is the queen of this planet. Oh, and uh, basically the most ubiquitous female in the history of the world. I think she's superseded Cleopatra in polls. Um, she's amazing. <laughs> she's a light from God, um, and this sort of character is an interpretation of her as Bane and Bane as her. Um, and it's sort of like sh- we we channeled Beyonce. Through popular song lyrics, like, um, up in the club, just broke up, I'm doing my own little thing. Um, or oh that's the single ladies. Or like, uh, put your hands on my body, promise not to be so naughty, I'm about to tell somebody, I'm going to dance for you tonight. That's from the Beyonce deep cut dance for you. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just like, I'm looking so crazy and loud. Uh, um, <laughs> Wow. Uh, so, and then maybe Anne Hathaway's Catwoman, who no one likes, could be her Jay-Z. Um, and you know then they could do a beignet, like a, like a lemonade with bane. <laughs> um, I was really anti-Anne anti, anti Anne Hathaway as Catwoman, but she won me the hell over. Yeah, she she's good. But the only thing is that she's so self-aware all the time is that I never mm. feel like um, when she was being that kind of like silky voice Lauren Bacall bad girl thing, especially in the maid scene. When she reveals herself as not oh, a right, caterer waitress, right. but as a thief. Yeah. That's such a great reveal, because it happens in the first, I, yeah. I think, 30 sec minute or two of the film. Um, I think with any big blockbuster movie, pretty much the best thing you can do is a great interpretation of some earlier movie. So, like, yeah. when when Harrison Ford decided, like, I'm just going to be Humphrey Bogart in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> that was a great move. Yeah. Just do that. That's yeah, cool. That's not a bad idea at all. Nobody wants you to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, or like how every many actresses do like Mae West. Perfect. So come up and let's have Rhea Entry sometime. No, that's that's racy, but I think it's funny. What does that mean? Nothing. Moving on. Bane Yonce. Okay. So, now, so I'll try to... Um, I, we've been working very hard here at The Wrap, so I, my voice isn't what it usually is. So maybe we'll do a weekly Bane Yonce. A Bane Yonce lyric of the week or something, or, or we'll just bring him back some other time. Bane Yonce will return he will in return. future episodes. Um, but it'll be a surprise album drop. And there'll be no magazine long lead press. And then it'll be on Instagram uh, that he is pregnant with twins. So there it is. <laughs> um, this week I brought a story that I am fascinated by. It obsessed me yeah. over the last week. I wept 18 minutes into the first episode. Um, it was that good that it got me out of nowhere. And making us cry is one of the things that we look for in a project here on Shoot This Now. Where we just... Represent and introduce stories that we think should be movies. Yeah. Put simply. That's very simple, yeah. Yeah, just things we want to see on screen. And this one, I think, I was kind of thinking, oh my God, this should be an FX um, American crime story kind of situation, season four or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it. It's called Atlanta Monster. Okay. Oh, yeah. It is, I believe, at this moment, the top podcast in America. Really? It comes to us from Payne Lindsay and Donald Albright. They are incredibly talented. Um, you may know Payne Lindsay from Up and Vanished, which is one of those podcasts where like a sort of random regular person sets out to solve a crime. Or like the book that 60% of people wrote about their dads. 
<laughs> in Germany, it's called "I'm going to get a pack of cigarettes." Oh, uh, I have a bad uh, relationship with my dad. It's fine. I am. My, <laughs> my, my dad was always present. Oh, that's nice. Too present. Just kidding, dad. Uh, Just kidding. My dad's awesome. Your dad is sweet. One of my first memories is crying that my dad had to go to work on Sunday, and then he came home from work early. And I said, why did you come home? And he said, because I remembered a little boy. He said he wanted me to come home. Oh, my God. And that's the first time I can ever rec- remember crying tears of joy. Are you serious? Because actual tears of joy. I'm really moved right now. That yeah. makes me feel really vulnerable and so full of happiness. I have a good dad. And the sad and that's is, when he left the weapons factory that he <laughs> The problem is, he's a, as my mom puts it, he's, quote, afraid of his phone. So he will never, ever hear this. <laughs> Oh, I know. Maybe oh my God! Do you know what you just reminded me of? What? Two, can I two second tangent? Yes. Um, there's a beautiful film that was a it's won a bunch of awards this year, by the way. But I think now at this point it's two years old. It's by a filmmaker named Andrew On, who is a young gay Korean filmmaker from um, here in LA, and he wrote a film called Spa Night huh. about a young man who works in um, you know the many Korean spas we have in town, which yeah. are very social and sort of. Um, like they're not what you expect. It's not like a Sedona spa where yeah. it's like hot rocks and you and you stay quiet for hours. They've got like TVs and bars and um, you know. So he works at at these to help support his family, and um, his father like they work so tirelessly. They, you know, their immigrant family they own a restaurant. He works in a spa and he's trying to get into college. And his father often falls asleep with a toothpick in his mouth. And the mm. character in the movie often takes it out, oh. takes it out for him. And anyway, I was listening to Andrew speak at this. Um, Independent film, independent event, and he talked about how excited his parents were um, about him getting into Sundance. And they drove their minivan to Utah to support him, and they made him a fruit tart with spa night spelled out in blueberries on it, which is the fucking sweetest thing you've ever heard in your entire life. And then he's sitting there and watching with his family, and then Andrew realizes when he's watching the scene, he got obviously got the toothpick thing from his own father, but his dad would never know because he was asleep. And I start crying in this audience, like. Oh my god, it's so beautiful. Like those little tiny cues that your parents will never know because he was asleep. How would he know? So that's a callback from your own relationship. Oh, yeah, let's all take a breath and, and, and weep and call our fathers. <sighs> is that yeah. not the sweetest thing you've ever heard? That's really, really, really nice. Yeah. Cheers to the good dads. I know. If not for bad dads, there would be very few <laughs> stories told. Thank God for the model trains or how will we know how to build the big ones. <laughs> Is that 30 rock? It's from Christopher Guest. We'll That's fantastic. Guest. Now, um, Austin... Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta Monster. Monster. Atlanta Monster is the story of the Atlanta child killer, Wayne Williams, or is it? Oh. Um, Wayne Williams is a man who's been accused of killing 28 African Americans, mostly boys under the age of 15. Oh my God! From 1978 to about 1981, um, a really horrible story. A really horrible story. Yeah, that I was sort of vaguely aware of because of there's a twist to this whole um, shoot. This now, by the way, that I'll okay. get into in a minute. All right, is it going to be like sue sue us now? Um, I hope not. I know, but I actually almost did. Thanks. That's a good segue. I. I knew about this case from the Prince song, Annie Christian, oh. where it's like the craziest Prince song. It's when people were calling him black punk because they didn't know what to do with him. Oh. Um, and it's this like... How strange. It's like synthesizer driven, but also has like amazing guitar playing okay. on it. And this very catchy song about Annie Christian, who is like a stand-in for the Antichrist. And one of the lines is about how um, Annie Christian moved to Atlanta and bought a blue car. She kills black children. And... 
Wayne Williams drove a blue car. And I thought about opening the episode with that song, but I didn't because twist out of respect for Prince's wishes. Yes. Because Prince hated having his music used without Prince's permission. Exactly. Much like the catalog owned by title, the husband of Beyonce. Beyonce. Beyonce <laughs> what he got the people of Gotham to all pitch in and buy him title. Him her. And it's is, this, is Beyonce a man or a woman? I think Beyonce defies gender, but I think it's I think it's him. I think it's Bane, but he is Beyonce too. Yeah. Just like, I mean, no one deserves to reappropriate Beyonce, but I just feel like it's it doesn't work unless it's Bane as yeah. Beyonce. Well, there's a huge gender switch in Bane's movie, where for the whole there movie... There is a huge scene. gender switch. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Cool. Getting back to switches. Yeah. Um, narrative switches. So I was all about... Switches get stitches. I'm going to make a little more of a pitch for Atlanta, Mer- yes. Atlanta Monster, because you Please really do. should hear it. Okay. Um, the first episode is incredibly... Sad, but also fascinating. Um, we talk, they talk to, we hear from, they talk to, um, the brother of someone who was killed by the Atlanta child killer. Wow. And it is so painful to hear. Um, and then the description of the funeral and the way that that sort of exposes the racial divide in Atlanta at that time, which I'm sure is, I'm sure everything's great now as it is in all of America. Um, but at the time, of sarcasm, but um, <laughs> but at the time was not even barely hidden. Like it was just really even more overt. Yeah, like not even open secret, just open. Like if they'd asked the president, then like, are you racist? He would have just gone like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I'm, I mean, what, yeah. are you, what are you talking about? Like now, at least the president knows that he's supposed to say, uh, no. Right. Exactly. Well, you would think. No. Or it's um, like um. He'll wait, like, I mean, he'll wait, like, three days and then go, like, oh, by the way, no, yeah. I'm not. Um, sometimes when I'm sad, I watch Oscar acceptance speeches throughout the years because they're such moments of rare, full of joy and it's such a unique experience. And, yeah. like, the world kind of stands up and looks at you in those moments. And it's just so – I love seeing people in that context because it yeah. uplifts my spirit. Um, <laughs> but the cool thing is that sometimes you get to see the presenters before. Yeah. And it clues you in on the social context of the time. Ooh. Like, one was, I think, Sean Connery and Raquel Welch presenting to maybe Jane Fonda – but someone, something like they were, they're like, here's the nominees for best actress. And Raquel Welch goes, and hopefully she doesn't have a cause. Um, oh, geez. and I'm like, that used to be cool to knock women for talking about stuff that they were passionate about, where it's like, oh, here comes this broad talking about starving children. Take the award, peaches. Wow. You know, um, so that's kind of, I think, what you're saying. Anyway. And then Sean Connery famously talked about how it's okay to like hit women once <laughs> yeah, in a while. Yeah, she needs a good slap, I'll give it to her. Man. Yeah. That guy. Thank God we've come really far today in 2018, which things are so different. Getting back to Atlanta, Atlanta Monster, which again, everybody should listen to. First episode, very captivating, but painful. And you, you are really driven to keep listening and really can't stop listening. The second episode, something very weird happens. There's two really funny moments. Okay. Um, One is a guest appearance by... Sammy Davis Jr. and Frank Sinatra, they're not really, like, cracking good jokes As or anything. themselves? But just the fact that they turn up out of benefit. Oh. They sort of stage a benefit. And this is such a great cinematic moment. They stage a benefit to try to catch the killer because they think the killer will be so, like... Oh, my God. Yeah, will be so excited that they're talking about Wait, him. that should be a fucking movie. Yeah. Is that I your pitch? I'm sorry. That's part of my okay. pitch. And then the other crazy thing It's happens. like Argo, but better and cooler. 
they find <laughs> they find a Playboy magazine in the woods because <laughs> Frank Lounge is like, hey Sam, you want to look at these? <laughs> because Playboy magazine in the woods is what the internet used to be called. People who wanted to go um, pleasure themselves, yeah, if you yeah. would have Habits. to go out to the woods with, <laughs> with a Playboy magazine. <laughs> and this guy does that, and it's found near bodies. Um, and the police are able to identify him by his fingerprints. <laughs> you did not and think you were going to say fingerprints. And they bring him in. <laughs> they bring him in. Well, there's other things, too, as they very oh, no. gently address. Oh, no. Um, and they bring him in. And meanwhile... The vice president, George Bush, who I don't even know who's going to play George H-W. Bush in this movie. H.W. Bush. Okay. The vice president has this special task force where he gets every single report on what's going <laughs> I on. Say every single Playboy so, magazine from the woods. And so this guy goes, look, I just went into the woods um, because my wife just had a baby and, you know, nothing's really happening between us right now. I just, like, went off into the woods to oh, my thing. Oh, no. Can you please not tell my wife? <laughs> and the agent goes... You fucking idiot. The vice president of the United States knows what you're doing in the woods. Oh, my God. Which is like just a moment of levity in the middle yeah. of a very difficult yeah, story. totally. Um, and shows you like how many crazy twists are going to go on. And, and you, then I just see that cop is like, let me tell you how my first marriage ended. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second episode ends with the absolute last thing I was ever expecting oh, to no. have happen. Okay. And I'm not going to ruin it for people. Space Jam. Not oh. Space Jam. But then... Here the whole time it's just a Space Jam. Um, no. <laughs> okay, sorry. So <laughs> I listened to this. I'm captivated by it. It's amazing. I'm like, this is clearly the next shoot this now. And then I... Tell me if you've ever done this. I go on the Playboy magazine in the woods. I mean the internet. <laughs> and I Google... Um, I Google Atlanta Monster because I'm yeah. just curious. And, oh, there's an article about Atlanta Monster on therap.com. What? Wow. By Tony, by Tony Maglio. Oh. Who is excellent. That says, guy. This podcast is about to drop. It's going to be good. And then it says at the end, this is already the subject of two upcoming oh, projects. Oh, God damn yeah. it. One of them is Manhunter on okay. Netflix, which doesn't count no. because we talked about Manhunter. Uh, not that good. Mindhunter, by the way. Oh my god, I blew that But, but No, don't do that. Manhunter is great. Yes, Manhunter the Unabomber. No, I was thinking Manhunter. Oh, that's Manhunt Man colon. Movie. Not Manhunt for a colon. Manhunt, punctuation mark colon, Unabomber. And Manhunt for a man. Or a colon. Can I tell um, my worst joke ever? Yes. Unabomber, that's Spanish for a female bomber. <laughs> We're looking for a female bomber. So it wouldn't be a manhunt, it would be a mujer hunt. Wow. That sounds bad. Mujer hunt sounds, sounds, real sounds bad. really derogatory. And it just means woman. Why do you wow. find the word woman derogatory? You know what? No, I think it's that I think it's the patriarchal nature of the language of wow. Spanish. Shots fired. Shots fired. Come at me, Spanish language. No. I've taken a lot of Spanish classes unsuccessfully, and one thing that always happens is that there's an older dude. Inevitably, an English speaker because he's okay. in a Spanish class, okay, gotcha, gotcha. and he always like finds some issue with the Spanish language where he's like, "Wait a minute, how can it be El Papa and La Papa like the?" Because like La Papa means let's call the, the whole thing off. La yeah. Papa means the potato. You say potato. Yeah. El Papa, I say potato, means the Pope. Oh. So there's always some guy who's like, "Oh, well, that's that's ridiculous. They should change it." <laughs> and then the instructor's like, oh, okay, I'll call the president of Spanish. Exactly. And 
<laughs> we'll get that fixed right away. I'm but, so glad you caught that, Dan. But I, Yes, thank you for saving the language. I wonder how many times that's happened to the Pope. Uh, great. One of the and also this jokes. one, I think, is a Spanish-speaking Pope. There's a lot of Pope jokes in Latin America that have, like, the punchline of him also being a potato. I'm sure of it. He's a potato yeah. just sitting there watching Mindhunter in not that great show. <laughs> no, it's like, um, <laughs> it's like, what does he, what does he need that glass box for? It's like, oh, so the potato doesn't spoil. Get it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you mean die. Yes, but it yeah. works on the spoiled fruit, vegetable, potato, starch metaphor as well. As an Irish person, I am somewhat offended by your insult at the Pope and extremely offended by your insult of potatoes. Hey, listeners, why don't you go on Twitter and vote on how it's a more Irish name, Tim Miller, Matt Donnelly. Ty? No. Angels weep when people say my name, mostly right. because. <laughs> <laughs> Irish angels weep. Go ahead. So I didn't know if this fit with the rules of our show because first there is Mindhunter uh-huh. addressing the Atlanta child murders. Mm-hmm. And also, here's another one. Um... Well, let me set this up this way. I was thinking I would like this movie to be made. I would like it to be a four, a, an eight-part episode on FX. Yeah. I would like it to be directed by Barry Jenkins. Nice. Because he does such a beautiful job with childhood. He's, yes, very meticulous, too. Mm-hmm. As, as we saw in Moonlight. In Moonlight. And I want it to be written by Chuck and Larry, the guys who wrote the OJ, yes. OJ show. Um, Beautiful writers. Who's, nobody knows their actual last name, and nobody knows the name of that show. I'll say this. They're long, and they have many um, non-vowel consonants, because they're Polish. Are they both Polish? I think one is Polish. Okay, but they're both really it's long. It's like Yeah, it's something really long. Yeah, yeah it's it's something. We'll put it in the show notes, I guess. Sure. If I can... Maybe. Yeah. And then Don't count on that. That's probably not going to happen, <laughs> to be honest. Chuck, and by the way, the names are Chuck and Larry. What are the writing team are going to be that goddamn magical? It's to be named Chuck and Larry. If you Google OJ, Chuck and Larry, no. you'll find... The you'll find a movie starring Adam Sandler and Kevin James about <laughs> getting married as straight men for the health benefits, but they're both firefighters and they have to pretend to be gay. But the second match... Is that true? Will be, yes. Now I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Is a movie with Kevin James and, and Adam am Sandler. Call, am I calling the OJ writers Chuck and Larry because of that movie? Are their names not Chuck and Larry? We're opening the computer. Guys, we have to have we have a we have a hot hot shoot this now debate. I'm 99 percent sure their names are Chuck and Larry. It's all right. Okay. It's okay. All right. Hold on. Hold um, on. So these guys, 40 percent of the show is us Please, googling things. My lord, oh. have let this have been something you called them because of that movie. Please. We'll actually you'll actually find their real names while you're there. How about that? Just to make it fair. Oh, my God. They also wrote The People vs. Larry Flint. They wrote Big Eyes. They're very good writers. They're very good writers. And they did an amazing job on People v. O.J. Simpson. And so I wanted them paired up with Barry Jenkins um, on an Atlanta child story. Their names are Larry Karazuski and Scott Alexander. <laughs> okay. Same I got Chuck and Larry right, from well. the major motion picture. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. All right. Okay. Where Adam Sandler and Kevin James play straight firefighter best friends who get gay married for the health benefits, <laughs> and the love interest is Jessica Biel. When do they write a story about O.J. Simpson? Um, I think that I think O.J. is still writing it in real time. Let's I think O.J. still got his magic pen and is still writing his own story, <laughs> and then they'll do a sequel called um, O.J. Simpson versus the Slot Machines at the Golden Nugget, an American <laughs> Crime Story, because he lives in Vegas. Oh, Scott and Larry did a great job. I wanted to pair them up with Barry Jenkins. It's never going to happen. Know why? 
<laughs> Why? Because the other project that's currently underway God damn Murders, it. is by Regina King, Ooh, who is impeccable. She is a force of nature. And John Ridley, who is impeccable. Oh, damn And they are together. As American Crime? No, it's, oh. a, it's a story called No Place Safe, and it is wow. um, about the best idea ever. It's wow. a little girl whose mother is a police officer mm-hmm. at this time investigating this case. So it's told through the eyes of this little girl. The mother, I'm guessing Regina King went to the part of the female cop because she's done that role before on an amazing show called Southland. Well, yes. Um, she would be really good in that. I can't futz with that show. And That's also, John Ridley directs the other American American blank story. American, American crime. crime. Not American crime story, Not but American confused. crime. On ABC. With American Crime Story. Which is on FX. But totally confused with American Crime Story. And even more confusing, now that Disney, which owns ABC, owns FX. So they have two properties called American Crime and American Crime Story. Anyway, they should merge them, and they should make the fourth or fifth season of American... Just, I'm not in charge of TV. I know, I know. Maybe that would be a good idea. My question is, within the rules of our show, which are... We only talk about properties that are not currently options, optioned yes. or underway. Am I allowed to pitch? Okay. I think you are, but, and I will say this too, no offense, uh-huh. it's the most popular podcast on the internet, so yeah. maybe low-hanging fruit, yeah. but you're still passionate about it, and yeah. no we care about is passion here, but can I say this? Yeah. I still maintain that an amazing movie, either drama or comedy, would be having to sell Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. on performing at a benefit yeah. in the hopes of luring out a serial killer of children. Because I can see them at 9 a.m. being like, anything. And then at 7 p.m. being like, where's the killer of the children? I don't know why that was Oh, like they're drunk? It was trying to do oh, drunk, no, yeah. Oh, doing like Dean Martin. Yeah, or just like, hey, Frank, let's, why don't we go bring out Bozo the Clown? Sure enough, he'll kill a kid. You know like, what he just did? What? You know what we just did? This was like the most realistic approximation of a Hollywood meeting because I was like, okay, so my story is about, it's this, it's this joke. It's how many Hollywood executives does it take to screw in a light bulb? Does it have to be a light bulb? Does it have to be a light bulb? So yeah. I, I came in with this eight part thing about like the child killings yeah. and all that. And you were like, why don't you just focus on the concert? Frank exactly. <laughs> and I heard Frank Sinatra and I got one quadrant. Now I just need three more. And that's awesome because I'm pretty certain that No Place Safe and also that Mindhunter will probably not have Frank Sinatra in No. There. I think that's a great way in. I also really like – another thing I like about your, your improvement on my idea is that – Frank Sinatra has like kind of a weird racial history. He has a very complicated racial history, as does poor Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, with God. his white wife and his Judaism, all that. It's crazy at the time. I, and I'm brave, one of, brave, brave. I'm one of those people who thinks that Frank probably had his heart in the right place. Yeah, they're, they're the the definitive HBO miniseries in the Rat Pack, where Don Cheadle plays Sammy Davis Jr. and I believe Frank is played by. Inexplicably, Frank is played by Ray, Isn't it Ray Liotta? Liotta. I think that's great casting. Um, do you? Okay. I, I mean, I think that Ray has too much variety as a gangster, but um, maybe oh, Frank Sinatra has nothing to do with it. No, gangsters. but also Frank Sinatra has those blue eyes. Um, Ray Liotta has those blue eyes. Yeah, he's hard. I don't know. It's just different. It just is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a totalitism. It's different because it is. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they really showed how horribly. Um, uh, gimmicky his race and, and, how, and how subjugated Sammy was to the rest of the Rat Pack even to Dean Martin who was played by Joe Mantegna and also fabulous casting well they've got 
they've got there's always the routine where Frank Sinatra does Me and My Shadow, and then Sammy Davis Jr. follows him around as the shadow, oh, which is no. like once you hear that, you're like you're dead to me, Frank no. Sinatra. Like never, and never, like never. the only person who laughs at that now is Don Rickles, who is in the grave. Is he dead? I believe. Yeah, he's now I think in didn't wasn't the one that made a joke about Obama being a janitor, and everyone was like, "No, nope, kill Don Rickles, push the button." <laughs> but God, that's Don Rickles' whole job <laughs> is telling jokes no. that only like my grandfather's like. <laughs> no, you don't. It works on so many levels. Like it's because <laughs> no, my grandfather is a good man. Okay. He's my da- he's my dad's father, <laughs> and, my and he said I came home from work because I remember a little boy wanted to hear a racial joke. He's, about a shadow he came played by home, a black. Told my dad a racist joke and then went back to his job in a coal mine. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna allow not my story, but your twist on my story, giving okay. you the third straight week. I know. It's not, a, it's not a competition, but if it is, I would win. It, you would win. Okay. You would have it down cold. Um, also, I just would like maybe a web series or a YouTube short about. The characters of Kevin James and Adam Sandler was Chuck and Larry writing Neo James. <laughs> so, in fact, you probably win this week because that's the greatest like sketch. Can we get the rights to those characters? <laughs> Wait, and what if they like were the neighbors, the blue collar neighbors of Beyonce in this world of like mished gender and and and? Yeah. Well, this is kind of the plot of Ready Player One, where all properties are available yeah. at once. Or, like, how yeah. did they possibly get the rights to that? Yeah. How did they possibly get the rights? Uh-huh. Also, have you heard the story of Frank Sinatra punching somebody out because he insulted um, Sammy? Because he insulted woman. Sammy? No. I just I don't know if that story is true, but it's a story I've heard. But you feel the need to defend the white that man. I, that after I we talked about how he. Yeah. Yeah. Tell yeah. me. Tell me. No, it's a story that I just. Like and I want that to be like a flashback. Yeah, tell story. me. Tell me. And no, that's the story. Oh, you just punched somebody. Just okay. punch somebody. Like, because okay. like it's cool to. You can't punch people, but if they're racist, right. Then it's totally. Oh, cool. I just saw it. I just saw it. Here it is. You ready? Yeah. Exterior, gas station, Nevada, driving LA to Vegas. Mm-hmm. The hood to a smoking convertible Cutlass Supreme Cadillac, whatever cool cars are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is open and there's this figure who you can't see tinkering and then there's Sammy leaning against the car driver's side door smoking and a pickup truck pulls up and they're like, boy, and it's something really awful. Something awful. And then he, slam. Oh, by the way, P.S. Yeah. Boy is also awful. Can we not? Should I start again? <laughs> um, and then a pickup truck pulls up and they're like, you're a beloved entertainer, but you're also black, and that's not cool. I'm doing my John Mulaney voice now. And then Frank, and then Sinatra, Frank Sinatra reveal, slams the hood, and is like, hey, Buster, come fly with me, and then punches him. Wow. And then that's it. But also, <laughs> we need to, like, in the old in the old patriarchal version of that story, yeah. Frank Sinatra is, like, the, the white savior. I think we need to, like, Captain America and the Falcon it up. Where he like punches him and then the guy spins around and then Sammy's right there and he's like, Yeah, take this! <laughs> and he's like, Wait, Do you think I'm a patriarchal storyteller now? No, you didn't make up the story. No, I did, just about the, him being the white savior. I'm sorry. No, that's, you were working within. It was, that was an ironic reappropriation you were working of the You were working within a racist context of the original you. story where Frank Sinatra is the, so is the white savior. Our lawyer, Marty Singer, who wants to you to know that he's not our lawyer, not our lawyer. says, I did great with that. <laughs> great joke. Thank you. And great story. That will be, maybe that'll be the opening sequence of, what do we call this this series? Who's going to play, last thing, we okay, have yeah, like yeah, a yeah. minute. Who's okay. going to play Frank? Um, Who's going to play Sammy? Okay. Um, how about Frank, Sammy, and the Children's Hour? 
Oh wow. Or um, wow. or maybe or maybe um the benefit. The, I love calling it the benefit. Yeah. Um, Frank. I don't know who plays Sammy. Frank is played by Tom Cruise. I think not. Oh, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Tom Cruise. I think is that we have to topic. bring Don Cheeto back. Is he too old? No, he's the perfect age. Okay. Will then he we do have, it again? I'm sure we could maybe convince him. And if then, Tom Cruise is in it, he'll do it. Um, yeah, he will do it. And then it might be called The Benefit. That's a great and name. And then um, maybe like Kate Beckinsale will come back as Ava Gardner. Jesus, that's good. Because she did it in The Aviator. Sure. Um, and then his wife, I think whose name was Helene. She's very Swedish and, and, and crispy. And Lily Sammy's, White. Sammy's and wife. Yes. Could be like a Gwyneth Paltrow. My favorite actress. Yes. Okay. I love actress. this. And Amazon Great. call us and we'll put it in. We'll package it for you. Well, maybe not Amazon. Okay. Definitely not Netflix after I worked in five egregious shots at Mindhunter. <laughs> we and should I, talk about that sometime. I but. love almost everything else on Netflix. Yeah. The Crown is... Stunning. A masterpiece. Stunning. Black Mirror is a masterpiece. To quote myself on the poster of the last Tom Ford movie, nothing short of stunning. Nothing short <laughs> of it. Um, this has been Shoot This Now. Yes, thank you so much. We see, we'll see you so soon. Hit me!